Good evening, Agile acquisition enthusiasts, and welcome back to the Underground Digital Tiki Bar. It's Friday night, and that means it's time for another episode of Agile Acquisitions and Alcohol. So cheers. All right. So for tonight's topic, I want to talk about innovation. And that's nothing new. If you watch these cha- these uh, videos, you know I'm talking about innovation in most videos. Um, but I want to really get into innovation. I hope you've grabbed a drink for tonight because I want to get a little bit deep here. Uh, you know, innovation is hacking, right? I mean, I'm not a computer hacker. I wish I was. It's super cool. It's fun to watch. Um, but the reality is I'm a bureaucracy hacker. And so when I'm hacking, I am getting into the system and I'm figuring out how to make it work. Not for nefarious reasons, of course. I'm trying to make it work because there are things that need to get done. There's the intention of the rules and regulations. And then there's the way the rules and the regulations impair the intention. They're very well created to, to help. And that's what it's all about, right? I mean, it's, there's rules here for us to use. There's rules to prevent us from making bad decisions. And we have to learn what those rules mean and why they're there. And then we have to figure out how can we use them to our benefit for the purpose of meeting the intent which the rules were most likely created for in the first place. What does that all mean? That was very circular, right? And I apologize. I warned you. But what I'm talking about is, let's take for example, um, small business set-asides, right? So a small business set-aside requires the small business uh, prime to do 51% of the work. There's all sorts of caveats for you fellow far nerds out there. Yes, I know, but just bear with me. Generally speaking, the prime should do 51% of the work. But what about these cases where there is a prime who's a small business, received the set aside, be it 8A, hub zone, woman owned, take your pick. Um, and there's a sub that really is suited to do a majority of the deliverables under the activity. Well, how can we make this work? I mean, there's a benefit still to the intent of the set aside for the prime to receive the work. There's a benefit to the sub who has this unique capability to optimize the prime's deliverable. But how do we package this? I mean, what if you're at 50, 50% or 49% to the prime at 51%? Does that mean this is a bad deal? Well, there's ways to package it, right? So what if the subcontractor's deliverables are not all uh, are not all um, direct deliverable hours, for example? So packaging the subcontractor's activity as other direct costs, for example. Looking at what they're delivering. Is it entirely services or, or is what they're delivering able to be packaged as a fixed price um, portion of the implementation of the prime solution? This is just one example. Uh, Another one is when you look at severable versus non-severable. I always joke with color of money or severable versus non-severable, I can defend the position if you tell me what kind of money you have. I mean, and I'm not trying to mock the system. The system's there for a reason and I appreciate that. But the reality is in the execution, in the real rubber meets the road, We're stuck with certain kinds of money. We're stuck with certain kinds of options and opportunities. I told you this was deep, one second. 
and you have to execute. I mean, we want to get things done, and this isn't about being self-serving. This is about really trying to meet the true purpose of serving the American people. I've got my Crab Claws shirt on here, man. I mean, this is really getting down to brass tacks. This is how things have to get done. So if we're talking about severable versus non-severable, for example, well, what is that? Well, if something's severable, bona fide need, for example, says it needs to be funded with current year dollars, right? But if something is non-severable, then it needs to be funded with the years which the delivery is going to be received, right? So this, this all gets very complicated, and I'm not going to necessarily break this down in this video, but that the way you package or the way you put together what it is you're selling depends on whether you're severable or non-severable. Now, I mean, I could easily argue that Agile Development Services should always be considered severable because the idea of Agile Development Delivery is that you're always receiving a functional product. Ergo, you can stop at any point and receive a severable functional product. You receive the value for the money which you pay. However, I could also argue that a Agile deliverable product is really severable only at the portions of MVP, release one, release two, whatever. So potentially even an Agile deliverable product or service for a product would only be, uh, would, would, would still be non-severable for the period of which those increments were established. So depending on what, you're what objective you're trying to meet and what your funding limitations are, it might make more sense to optimize for the non-severable, we're, we're, we're focusing on the incremental increments, the modular contract, the two-week deliverable sprints for you know, minor uh, minimum periods, or fo focusing on full completion activities, those, although those completion activities are far smaller than hopefully our traditional waterfall development, you know, finished system, but still a completion activity over a period of time. The point here isn't to uh, debate these particular ideas, although I'm happy to do if anyone wants to, I enjoy this. Um, but the point is to sort of just show you what I mean when I say innovation or optimization or hacking. What we're doing is we're saying there's rules. The rules are not meant to be broken, but the rules are meant to be used to push you forward to be able to optimize. I'll give you one more example. I'm getting close to my, uh, my time mark here for the length of these videos and probably your attention span, the color of money. I mentioned before, you tell me what color money you have, I can give you the argument for it. You know, is software development O&M or R&D? Well, it really depends on what color of money you have. I mean, if you're building, if you have O&M, I could easily tell you that you're paying money for the operation of this system. The way we're delivering that system through iterative development is still operational maintenance of funding these contractors for the writing of the code. I could just as easily tell you it's RDT&E, right? It's research and development funds. This is for your, my, my DOD friends here. Uh, it's RDT&E. What we're doing is we're constantly in this development phase, so we're always developing, right? We're always looking to that future. We're never in that sustainment phase. And uh, my point on this last piece there really is we have sort of this archaic view of the separation of funding and we're forced to be creative in our application of that funding to meet our actual needs.
So, my plea would be to our appropriators uh, to consider this and to modernize, and they are. I have so much respect for the folks in uh, the staffers in Congress who are constantly working to try and help us through these problems and this modernization effort. But the reality is we have archaic appropriation laws when considering the way we're developing now. And there should be a new type of funding that speaks to IT modernization. And that type of money or that funding should be non-fiscally based. It should be uh, put into a, a basically working capital fund, which exists today. We could use that mechanism. And so if it's not spent, we don't blow it at the end of the fiscal year. Uh, we sweep it into the working capital fund and it gets redis redispersed for IT investments, let's say within the first six months of the next next fiscal year, which, I mean, as we've seen historically, we are in a continuing resolution. So how valuable would that funding be if we had that for the next six months might actually carry us to a, you know, approved budget. So there you go. Long video, kind of deep material. Sorry if I lost some of you there, but for those of you who hang in, hung in there, I appreciate it. I appreciate you watching these videos. I've gotten actually so many just really warm, uh, warm comments and compliments on, on the value of these videos. And as I always say, if you keep watching them, I'll keep making them. I enjoy this. I hope you do too. Please remember to subscribe. Most importantly, ask for topics, comments, questions that you're interested in me talking about. It makes it a lot easier for me. It makes it more interesting for you. Nothing else. Please keep innovating. Cheers.